Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. A warm welcome to you all today. Thank you for joining me as we spend a few moments today reflecting on God's Word. We've been looking over the last number of weeks at John chapter 11 and Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And now in our passage, Jesus gets to that point where he calls Lazarus out of the tomb and Lazarus is raised from the dead. My name is Pastor Steve Sweats and I'm thankful to be with you today. So we're going to look in God's word at John chapter 11, verse 38 through 44. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Dear friends, in our passage today, Jesus is going to switch around the old adage, seeing is believing, to believing is seeing. Later in the letter to the Hebrews We read that blessed are those who have never seen and yet believe. In this great episode of Jesus raising Lazarus, we see the purpose of the book coming through. That you may see the purpose that you might have eternal life. And the seventh miracle in the Gospel of John is the longest one. And here our Savior shows his power over death as he raises Lazarus. So our text begins by saying that Jesus was deeply moved again. This must have been visibly or audibly evident as the witnesses could tell that Jesus was moved as he came to the tomb. Lazarus was buried in a cave. This cave would have been hewn out of rock. Often in these tombs there would have been horizontal place for bodies to be laid. Many excavations show tombs holding eight bodies, three on each side and then two along the back wall. And this is also the type of tomb that Jesus would have been buried in. So after the preparation of the body was done, a large stone would be rolled in front of the tomb. It would roll on a track cut into the rock. And think of this rock shaped like a dinner plate, not like a bowling ball. This rock would be sealed to keep in the stench of rotting bodies. So as Jesus came to the tomb, he asked for the stone to be rolled away. And this is the first of three commands Jesus gives at the tomb. So even though she first objected, Martha eventually acquiesced to the request Take away the stone. At this point, as Jesus stands in front of the tomb, he lifts up his eyes to pray. And this is one of the prayers in the Gospels, which is individual. Jesus uses the first person language. But he also prays so that others would be able to hear. After this prayer, Jesus cries out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And many commentators believe that he spoke so loudly so that all those around could hear. And some have even argued that since his power was so great, he had to say Lazarus so that all the bodies didn't come out. So picture this for a moment, dear friends. 
Jesus calls for Lazarus to come out. All the people around would certainly be crowding in for a closer look to see what would happen. And there they see the formerly dead man, Lazarus, come out likely shuffling along since he still had the grave clothes on his body and on his face. Is it really him? Is it Lazarus? And then Jesus gives the final command, unbind him and let him go. So what can we learn from this? Well, let's take away six important truths from this beautiful miracle. First, notice that Jesus was deeply moved again in verse 38. Last time we saw Jesus weep when he saw those he loved and the other mourners weeping as well. Now as he approaches the tomb, he's deeply moved again. He's at the place of the showdown. He's about to show his power over the grave, and yet he is moved with a heartfelt sympathy. Second, we see the reversal of the seeing is believing with Martha. We read in verse 40, Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Faith comes first, and then sight. So many want to defend the faith by using evidences. They'll explain the Grand Canyon with the flood. They'll testify to God's unique creation. They will show that every culture has a moral standard which must come from somewhere. We can use all these proofs for the existence of God. We can use the best arguments, but no one can make somebody else believe. So oftentimes they cannot see clearly. Rather, you must believe in order to, or in order to see. So then how would you speak about faith? Think about your neighbor for a moment. Think about your co-worker. You press home the claims of Christ. Don't try to prove the resurrection with witnesses, the history, etc. Believing is seeing. Third, notice that Jesus used means. He used things. In the first and third command of the tomb, he used human agents. He had people roll away the stone. Obviously, he could have commanded the stone to move. He also commanded that Lazarus be unwrapped from the grave clothes. Jesus used human means as an aid in this miracle. And fourth, note that Lazarus is raised by the power of the word of Christ. Jesus did not touch Lazarus, as he did with the man born blind. Jesus didn't merely think in his mind and command Lazarus to come out. Rather, he spoke and it came to pass. The words of Jesus are powerful to give life. Here we see that Jesus' power over the great and ancient enemy, death. It was death that Adam and Eve fell into when they sinned against the Lord. And here as Jesus stands before the very place and picture of death, the tomb, he shows his unequaled authority when he raises Lazarus from the dead. And then six, the resurrection of Lazarus has two great imports. First, it's a foreshadowing of Jesus' own resurrection that will take place in the not-so-distant future in the Gospel of John. But the resurrection also becomes a picture of the life of the believer. Jesus already hinted at this in this conversation with Martha back in verses 25 and 26. If you want eternal life, you have to die to your sin in the world and to live afresh to Jesus Christ. So, dear friends, let us take away a few important points from this passage. And the first thing we see is that Jesus tells Martha to believe so that she can see the glory of God. Spiritual vision is different than physical vision. Spiritual vision takes faith. And even though our spiritual vision does not become perfect, we can begin to see the work of the Lord in the world around us. We can see the silver lining through a difficult time. Want to see how God can deliver from addiction, 
from sorrow, from fear, from waywardness? Dear friend, believe in the one you cannot see. Second, we see Jesus use means, even human agents, in this miracle. They roll back the stone and they remove the grave clothes. And Jesus still today uses human means. It was only Jesus who was able to raise Lazarus from the dead. But there were those who prepared the situation. And there were those who followed up the situation. Now think for a moment of what this might mean in sharing your faith. What happens when someone becomes a believer? There might be years of work done before the sinner repents. Maybe we need to remove the stone of ignorance, the stone of fear, the stone of doubt or confusion. And then we must follow up in discipleship of new Christians. So if you're listening to this today and you've, you've been thinking about this, sharing your faith, maybe you've been praying that God can open up a door for you to do so. Ask him to do so. Ask how you might be used by the Lord and then walk in the place that he calls you. Third, we can live with the hope that death is a defeated enemy. As we sit next to the sick bed or even gather around the grave of a loved one, we know that in Jesus, that is not the end of the story. If our loved one has passed away loving Jesus Christ, we know that this is not the end. 1 Corinthians 15 reminds us that our whole faith is built upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lazarus' resurrection in our text was temporary. He had to die again. But Christ was not, and ours will not be temporary. Christ is our first fruits. We will come after him and live forevermore. And then finally, we're given a new life now. Our whole purpose and outlook changes when we are washed with the cleansing blood of Jesus. Living the new life, having put to death the old life, is a continual process. Do not grow weary in doing good. But dear friends, sometimes we get tired, don't we? Sometimes we get discouraged. We get tired of the grind. We get worn down by weakened wills, frustrated at one thing or the next. Dear friends, continue to place your weary eyes before the beautiful majesty of Jesus. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he shook up the world of that time and place. The response will be faith from some, but a plot to kill him from the others. But this is okay. They could never win, because even though Jesus went to the cross, the tomb could not hold him. Jesus stood before death in our text and says, Lazarus, come out. Today, Jesus stands before each one of us and says, come out. Come out of the world. Come out of your sin, come out of your self-trust, and come to me. He will clean us, clothe us, and secure us forevermore. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Thank you for joining me today, and may God bless each one of you.